Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories podcast. My name is Dr. Brandon Beck, and I am so excited for you to be here to join us today. The goal of this show is to amplify the stories of amazing people, which serve as inspiration for your journey. Your story matters. It tells us who you are and who you want to be. Enjoy this opportunity to hear from these innovative thought leaders as they discuss what it means to unlock unlimited potential. If you are looking for an opportunity to connect further with me after this show, please visit brandonbeckedu.com to learn more about my speaking, coaching, consulting, and other offerings that are designed to help you and your organization find greater results in your journey. Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories show. Man, the special guest that I'm about to have on, we have been trying and trying and trying and trying to put this thing on. We were looking back all the way to like July 4th, but we're here and we finally made it. And he has such an amazing story to tell and so many awesome things and awesome connections that have been happening on his pathway. And I'm so excited for you all to meet, if you don't know him already, Michael Littlefeld. How you doing, my man? It is so good to be here. It is so good to see you. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Brandon. Yeah, you know, we always get on the pre-show and it's, I'm always so, I feel so bad when I talk to my guests because I'm like, we, I actually have to start recording now because we're going to say so many great things and we were saying, saying so many things and you were going through your story and, and your story is such an awesome story for people out there to see just all of the different layers that we can impact others in education. And I think that that's really what's going to come out of this. And a lot of people are going to walk away pretty stoked to continue to serve others. And so that's our goal. So let's see if we can, we can do that. So why don't you just run us through it? Talk us through your story into education and where you are. Well, let's start, tell us where you are right now and we'll take it from there, but you are, let me just give everybody a little preview. You are an, you are an author and co-author of three amazing books, The Unlearning Leader, Student Voice, The Unfinished Leader, and another book that's coming soon we're excited about too. So let me give you there. Let me give the mic to you. All right. Thank you so much. So it is so good to be here. Thank you so much. Really, really thrilled. So um, I'm Mike Lubelfeld, Superintendent of Schools, North Shore School District 112 in Highland Park, Illinois, and Highwood, Illinois, we're about 25 miles north of Chicago and about 25 miles south of Wisconsin on the beautiful shores of Lake Michigan. So I'm in my 13th year as, as a superintendent and my fifth year as the superintendent here in Highland Park, Illinois. So I'm probably in my like 31st or something crazy a long year in public education been a teacher, eighth grade social studies and sixth grade social studies, a middle school associate principal, middle school principal, assistant superintendent and superintendent. But I've only and always been in elementary or middle school, so I can't uh, seem to get out of the eighth grade. Some would say, um, you know, in terms of maturity, but uh, I don't know. That's a little, I need a snare drum. That's a little joke. My wife would probably say that. <laughs> well, yeah, so I'm thrilled to be here today. I love public education. It's literally what I live and breathe and serve and do. And I've met a ton of amazing people like yourself. And I'm just thrilled to be here to talk about unlocking uh, potential. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and 
in going through your story and talking about your work and, and the transition, obviously, from teacher to school leader and beyond and now being in this role and now also being someone who mentors and serves and works with so many other people going into the profession of school leadership, that's got to bring such just amazing joy, number one. And and number two is I can also just hear it in your voice and see it in your face and, and just the excitement that you have for education. So that's like probably one of the, the ultimate goals right there is to still be able to come back every day and say that you love what you do. And, and, and you and your job and your role, you've, you've kind of definitely faced some, some ups and downs and some challenges. And so Talk a little bit about your your experience and moving and being in, in a school administrator. Sure. So I never, ever imagined that I would be a school administrator. I never woke up one day and said, gosh, I'd love to be a superintendent. I think said no superintendent ever. I loved being a teacher and um, I still love being a teacher. I had guardian angels, mentors, coaches and guides who saw around corners of my life and saw things in me that I didn't see at the time. And throughout my administrative career, which is probably going on a quarter century now, I have been making every effort to pay it forward and do for others what so many have done for me. Um, quick shout out to Jim Newlin, who was an assistant principal at Black Hawk Middle School in Bensonville, Illinois, gave me my first job, gave me some homework uh, and guided me on the path to administration. Um, he really set the path for me and laid it out explaining there's leadership potential in you, there's leadership qualities in you, and you, you should really, uh, you know, experience that. Um, so I was an associate principal, and I, I swear every time I went up the food chain, including, you know, my current role, I swear I knew less and I knew, you know, nothing. So um, just be nice to administrators when they first start out, right? Because we just get the keys, but we just have more keys than you, but it doesn't mean we know anything. So experience and great people, along the way, super teachers along the way, really helped me develop as a better leader by doing whatever I could to help make the world or their classroom or our school a better place. But really the, the, ultimate, the ultimate story is that people saw in me potential and they helped set me on a path to really unlock that unlimited potential, not, not to be corny, but to be really sincere. And I've made every effort to continue doing that for people as my journey has gone on. And um, I can just name so many people that have, have helped me, but it always became, okay, now you've done this job. Okay, now it's time to try the next job. Now you try the next job. Hey, have you thought about this? Um, I was a building administrator for like eight years, right? Associate principal, principal. The assistant superintendent for personnel is like, hey, I'm retiring. Would you be interested in my job? I'm like, no, I want to do curriculum. I'm totally passionate about that. She goes, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think you understand how the world works. I'm retiring. Maybe you should study about my job. So, um, yeah, I did. And then I got her job uh, after she retired. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's a lot of people <laughs> saying, are you listening? Do you understand me? Right. So. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're you're unfortunate to be running into people who throughout your pathway that you opened up your your mind, your possibilities. You you listened. You trusted them. You gave them, you know, the the ability for some of them to say, "Hey, you know, this could be a, a good look, a good place for you to go." And sometimes that's not always the easiest thing to do because, you know, if it doesn't come from us, 
a lot of times we don't necessarily put as much faith behind it. So I think that that's really an important part to of your story. I think that's what's amazing about it. And I think that, you know, the more that we're able to listen to those around us and, you know, especially someone who writes a book called student voice, like, you know, it's in, and the unfinished leader and the unlearning leader, like, you know, talk a little bit about the birth of all of that for you, because it's clear that throughout those times that as we were talking and you were explaining this to me earlier is you had so many things that you did not know and so many answers that you did not have, which I think is so critical for everybody to understand. It's my pleasure. So in probably my second year as a superintendent, I was a superintendent of a one school school district just northwest of Chicago near O'Hare International Airport. And um, an opportunity came up uh, with the Illinois Association of School Administrators called the ISAL, Illinois School of Advanced Leadership. And it brought together early career superintendents from around the state. There was a partnership with Cardinal Stretch University and some super duper uh, leaders and facilitators. That opportunity exposed me to uh, lifelong friends from all around the state of Illinois. And it also allowed me not only to look at like, hey, here's how you do your job better. or Here's how you can do school improvement, right? Which is important. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, dismissing it. But the real epiphany there was, hey, you're also a human being. I'm a man. I'm a husband. I'm a father. Like, what am I doing as a leader to make sure that I'm also, you know, filling my own bucket or making some personal goals to better myself? So all of a sudden there's this aha moment, right? So I make a lifelong friend, Nick Polyak, uh, another superintendent. He's in central Illinois at the time. So we're both transitioning uh, to another school district, uh, coincidentally. Uh, the ICEL program ends after 18 months. We're totally pumped, totally inspired, and we're craving more learning and more growth because we're becoming better because of the people in ICEL who are running it, like Gary Zabilka, Brent Clark, so many others, right? Nancy Blair, um, so many others. So then the AASA is, is running a national superintendent certification program, again, for relatively early career superintendents. I'm in year three or four at this point, next year four or five. So we thought it was a Midwest cohort here in the Chicago area, but it wasn't. It was East Coast. So we headed out to D.C. We met amazing superintendents from around the country, uh, ranging from tiny little school districts to major urban centers. We're exposed to some superstars like Michael Hinojosa and, and others. And all of a sudden, we're doing some stuff, right? We're making some changes. We're developing others. We're like starting to get our feet wet and, and to make some changes. So then we come back from uh, one of those sessions, right? And we go to a Future Ready Summit. Um, it could have been the first, you know, series of Future Ready Summits. It was Northeast Illinois. All of a sudden, we're watching this futurist named uh, Jack Aldrich, and he's giving a story about how uh, the, the, the man, Dr. Barry Marshall, who discovered the actual medical cause of ulcers was dispelling the myth that was commonly held that ulcers were caused by eating too much spicy food or being too stressed out. Right. Long story short, Dr. Marshall makes a presentation. The medical people say you're nuts. You're crazy. Comes back the next year. They boo him. Dr. Marshall in, injects the bacteria that actually causes ulcers drawn out story here. It took about 17 years for mainstream medicine to accept universally that ulcers were created by bacteria. <clears throat> so now imagine 17 years of people with ulcers getting treated wrongly. Nick and I have an aha moment. Wait a minute. All right, I've got an elementary students. He's got high school students. 
It's like 17 years, right? What if something's discovered in education, but it takes 17 years before we educators accept it, embrace it, and more importantly, present it to our students and our teachers and help them um, grow. So that gave birth to the unlearning leader leading for tomorrow's schools today in 2017. Boom. We're like, wait a minute. We've got to unlearn stuff that we discover is wrong before it's too late. And we rob an entire generation of what we know is correct. So that's really, I think, uh, Brandon, that that was the, the launch pad of writing and the launch pad of trying to take some of these messages from these two knuckleheads from Chicago saying, hey, we've got a couple things going on. Superb teachers we work with, superb boards, education, supporting our work, and great administrators putting up with us. Yeah, you know, that's such a, an amazing statement. I love that because even as a teacher, even as a school leader, as a coach, wherever anybody is in, in that capacity, we're always coaching and teaching and working with students or people in front of us, especially young, growing minds that grew up during a time, they're growing up during a time that we have no idea what it's like growing up in. I mean, I don't, I didn't have a cell phone for a very, until I was, I mean, I'm not going to age myself, but I want to say maybe in my late, my mid twenties, right. You know, so that is a huge amount of time in the, the, I didn't go to school with during a pandemic, you know, and if that pandemic, you know, that pandemic goes perfectly with what you just said like thinking yeah. of all the things that we all the roadblocks that we had and all of the things that we weren't really sure of and then finally just dove in but had no idea what it was going to be like till we did it um you know i'd love to dig into that a little bit more you know talk a little bit about the unlearning leader like what are some of the things that you kind of discuss and break that down for for people out there things that need to be unlearned Oh, my God. Absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the things is unlearning traditional methods of professional development or PD. Um, and I love learning and I love workshops and I love people that do it. I will say, though, that we we write about and we talk about and try to do a better job and practice about um you know, getting rid of sit and get PD or getting rid of one off PD and really looking at trying to give teachers a voice and agency and empowerment and creating conditions that allow for different options and how and where and when they can select their PD. As an example, I think we devoted an entire chapter to unlearning traditional professional development opportunities and really, um, you know, talking about things like EdCamp, which to some makes sense, to others is terribly esoteric, to others talking about a workshop model, which to some makes sense and to others still doesn't get it. And yet even others saying, look, let's create our own path or forge our own journey here to better ourselves and learn. Um, and then all of the above. So it's E, all of the above. Uh, we also talk about social media, how to embrace social media as a tactical, strategic, intentional, and deliberate communication tool, as opposed to some sort of abyss or rabbit hole of, of, of a dark place. You control it. You you, you know, for example, you look at a Twitter chat uh, hashtag like a TV channel. So television has the guide, whatever, whether you're watching YouTube TV or Xfinity or whatever, it's overwhelming. You can't ever see all the channels. It scrolls and scrolls. But if you choose one channel or one show, one hashtag, boom, now you can deliberately send your message out or 
welcome other people messages in. So that's really what we're talking about with unlearning traditional and, and static ways to learn, grow and unlock potential in dynamic ways. Yes, yes. And yes, I got to go back to the traditional professional development. One of the one of my favorites, Linda Darling Hammond calls that the spray and pray approach, right? That's I, I love that she uses that. And and she, you know, the idea that we just kind of keep dropping all these things on educators, on teachers, or whoever we're we're giving them to, and we just hope that it sticks because you know there is no follow up, or it is that one time you know they come and and there's your thing, and and you know I think that that's something, you know, we were talking a little bit about our backgrounds and a little bit of the work that I was doing. And early on in my dissertation days was related to that idea of professional development and what makes professional development, you know, meaningful to educators and same that for your students as well. Like what works for one isn't going to work for all. And totally. And you don't have that answer now. You don't have that answer at the beginning of the school year. You don't have that answer, you know, when a new staff member joins. You don't have that until you actually get to know that person. The foundation of it all comes back to that idea of building those relationships. And we have to unlearn what we ever thought we knew about those people around us, those preconceived notions, those judgments. Yeah. Absolutely. Well stated. And I and I think I think, you know, just the the idea of unlearning as opposed to feeling like, again, we have to have all the answers is is really just a valid approach. And I think that's an amazing thing. And I know you're still working with educators today and you're still working with that. And so in your experience, because I know you're doing this a lot, what are you seeing kind of some of the challenges where this unlearning thing comes back out to you? And what are some of the challenges that you're seeing that some of the administrators out there are facing in the current times we're in? Well, we are in a, uh, I would say, national or possibly even global mental health crisis. It goes beyond youth and it transcends the teaching profession. I think it goes to all of us. I don't think we've recovered from uh, the pandemic era yet. And I also don't think we've recovered from, in, in, especially in the United States, the, the divisiveness of, uh, of the political dialogue. And um uh, no judgment there, but I think that overall societal pressure is weighing on the administrators with whom I work. Um, they're among the finest leaders uh, in, in education. Uh, we, we have a great depth of experience from first year to 35th year, which is really cool. We've got a variety in gender, a variety in ethnicity, a variety in religion. So it's neat to have different voices and different lenses at the tables that we're at. The greatest challenges that the leaders with whom I engage are, are having with respect to unlearning is, I would say, the inordinate amount of stuff, pressure, initiatives, tasks, to-dos, really collection of good things that we're doing, even in our district right now in, in real life where I'm superintendent, uh, we're probably trying to do too much. And it's really good stuff. But I think we're overwhelming our leadership team with um, so much that their heads are spinning. Layer that onto this general mental health crisis. Layer this on to our coming out of the pandemic. And then, of course, in Highland Park, Illinois, emerging from the violent critical incident on the 4th of July at the parade. So right now, Brandon, in, in our local area, it's we want to do everything. We want to do so much. We love our teachers. We love our kids. We love our community. And, and we're working, working, working. Right now, it's... If I had to use one word aside from mental health and everything, I would say um, balance. Um, 
I've often struggled with that work, life, home, fit, balance, integration. And I would say that that is probably what our, the administrators with whom I work most closely are struggling with because the work is so compelling and interesting, yet there's such a pull right now. That's, that's my answer. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's that innate kind of educator mindset, right. Of, of wanting to be there, of wanting to do something to serve, wanting to do something to help, to support, to guide, to not be the person with the, the teachers, the, the administrators, they're not going to be the ones out there are going to sit on their hands during times of struggle. I mean, you talk about your school and, and it going through the incident that it did and, and where you are now. I mean, talk a little bit about how you have kind of built yourself into something better from it. So on uh, July 4th in downtown Highland Park, um, as, as you know, and your viewers probably know, there was um, a terrible mass shooting and murder uh, during the 4th of July parade. It was about, um, you know, um, probably a, a thousand feet away from the school uh, where we have our early childhood center. So in Highland Park, we have 10 schools, 3,900 students, pre-K through eight. So at the parade, which was a city-sponsored event and a park district-sponsored event, we had hundreds of families there. We had hundreds of kids there. We had everybody, every, everybody that was murdered had some type of connection to the school district. Everybody that was injured had some type of connection to the school district. And we had teachers there. Um, we're elementary, but the high school football team was there. They're all our former students. The band people were there. So literally on 5th of July, we started with our high school group, uh, community drop-in counseling, because we really didn't know what else to do. It was adrenaline leadership pushing us to do something. On July 6th, we ran summer school, right? So we had school in session. We had probably five principals on campus and multiple social workers. And we were simply trying to keep living and keep going, even though we were in shock, we were numb. You had the FBI in town, the Red Cross in town, CNN in town. It was horrible, unspeakable, innocent shattering. All of a sudden, our blood pressure's up, our stress is up, we're afraid. And yet we keep this counseling. We talk to the teachers union and say, what can we do to help our teachers get trauma-informed practices training before school starts? Now it's you know, July 9th or 10th, we have counseling for our teachers. School starts in about a month. We call everybody we know. We have an outpouring of support from literally everybody. I can't even tell you how many agencies and social workers and therapists. And we do trauma-informed practice training for teachers, for related service providers, for parents. We have it in English and Spanish. We have teachers coming to school simply doing chalk art to create a safe emotional space. We have parents hugging us. Um, we started school. We started school. We launched this massive school safety security initiative with uh, the three phases laid out by the Illinois Terrorism Task Force, um, which was put into place after the Parkland massacre, reinstated after Uvalde in terms of getting the word out. We had uh, behavioral assessment training. We ramped that up. We had hardening of the facilities, massive investments in facility stuff. Um, and we also changed some of our social emotional uh, impact on students immediately um, with just really little preparation, really little training. Our teachers have been su superb in terms of rising up and, 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 and getting the help emotionally and, and mentally that, that they need also, because they were first Vic, you know, first 
hand witnesses and victims of this trauma. We had a number of us who were secondary victims and third. Oh my goodness. We probably operated on pure adrenaline until Thanksgiving, honest to goodness. And then we started to just take a deep breath collectively and, and get, 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 get ourselves together. That's the stuff that adrenaline leadership and the things that you can never, ever really ever prepare for, you know? And, and so it's just, it's so unfortunate and it's just so unfortunate uh, that these things have, have happened and, and to be in a school district and still be there and still be able to, you know, to look back on it all and say that we were able to move forward in this direction, but all ultimately focusing on the students first Always. is that well-being, right? That peace. And, and what's also amazing too, is the, the, the community, right? The, all the people and all the organizations coming to support and, and, you know, it's unfortunate that it takes something like that to happen, but when it does happen, it, it's just a reminder that people are still ultimately good, right? Oh, there's so much good. Are you kidding? It's, yeah. it, it's students, it's staff, it's parents, it's other government agencies, it, it's everybody comes out really to help and to advocate for and to reach out and to help lean into other people's in this case, trauma, and and simply try to create a safe space and an energy that you put out in the universe where people are feeling welcomed and feeling a sense of calm and belonging. That really is the key, and that that was the key. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Well, I you know our hearts are with you and your school always, and and thank you for your school for leading by example for continuing to push forward and and show us what matters here most, and and that's just that's what it's all about, really. And so that I appreciate you for that. You know, one thing, yeah, um, we were talking about on the show, but I just want to come back because one thing we do on the show is we dedicate the show to somebody who's out there unlocking unlimited potential, and you already mentioned his name, but. I want you to give an official shout out to your your co-author here. All right. So I'm going to give a shout out to my brother from another mother. Very good friend, Nick Poliak, superintendent of schools in Leiden uh, High Schools in uh, Rosemont and Franklin Park, Illinois. Great yeah. dude, great leader. And he's definitely unlocking unlimited potential for high school kids, for high school staff, and for his community for many, many years. Yeah, and it sounds like you guys have, have spent a few hours of uh, professional development together during your times and, and personal development too. So that's that's awesome to be able to find someone like that and, and be able to, you know, as you said, there's strength in numbers for sure. And we totally rise by lifting others. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's it's you know, as you look forward and as you talk about what's coming next, I mean, you were just saying it really got me going. I was excited to hear this, your next book that you're coming coming on. So talk a little bit about that because this is exciting. Sure. So uh, tip of the hat and a shout out to PJ Capozzi, another superintendent friend in Illinois, and the Illinois Superintendent of the Year this year. So Nick, PJ and I are writing The Unfinished Teacher. And this is um, set to come out for back to school season this year. And it's really a tribute to teachers, and it is really um, a call to action for teachers that um, they work so hard and they do such tremendous work and they create all these opportunities for students all across the world. And uh, their work is never finished. 
and uh, they, they're going to continue to become the next version of themselves as opposed to the best version of themselves. And we're real excited about this uh, collaboration among the three of us who've got a ton of years as teachers and administrators and as superintendents. And it's really a tip of our hat to the teaching profession and to the teachers who are in this profession, whether it's going to be their first year or their 50th year. Um, it, it's really dedicated to them, for them, and we can't wait to release it for back to school 23-24. Uh, Thanks for uh, for mentioning it. Yeah, no, that's going to be awesome. I'm excited about that. Just a great just amazing to be your that'll be your fourth book now so that is pretty amazing they keep coming and they keep rolling and quick question because a lot of our our listeners are writers avid writers so what's your what's your number one kind of go-to writing trick what's the thing that keeps you writing all the writing all these great books well first of all working with nick and working with pj is really a gift we are each other's accountability partners and coaches and we have learned uh, through our collaborations to integrate our voice. So the, the, the real tip is find your passion and simply write. You then get accountability partners or coaches, publishers, editors to help refine the writing, refine the messaging to make it better. Have critical friends look at your stuff um, and, and tell you, is this exciting? Is it boring? Is it meaningful? Is it not? Are you hitting the mark? Are you not? Are you concise? And then make it better. And other people keep getting you better. Major advice is ask for help and then take the help. Ask for help, receive the help, act on that help and do something with it. Well, that was like 10 tips in one. So that that was a bonus for anybody Sorry. who made it this far in the show. How's that sound? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Those are awesome, awesome tips. And yeah, there's definitely strength in numbers and that coaching, that coaching part is so key. I don't know how anybody does anything without a coach, but oh, that, that part is completely critical for anyone who's especially juggling a few things and we're all juggling a few things. So that's for sure. Well, listen, one thing I also do before we finish up here is I ask every guest to finish my sentence. And you've been talking about it this whole time, but unlocking unlimited potential means. Believing in yourself and others and stepping out of the way if you're in an official title leadership role to allow others to do, be, to try, to succeed, to fail, help them up to succeed again, to have fun, to find joy, and to create that which may have already been created and create it better, that which may not yet have been created and create a space to create that. And most importantly, unlocking unlimited potential means unlearning and realizing that you're unfinished and your journey will continue. That sounds like a bumper sticker right there. A really long bumper sticker, but I like that end piece there. We'll put that on the bumper sticker for sure. No, absolutely. I appreciate that. That's it's so perfect to hear just how the how it all kind of comes together for you. You know, clearly you're someone who's unlocking unlimited potential in all who you serve and after 31 years in the in the game, um, I mean, you have so much to give and, and when you get to this point in your career to be able to continue to keep giving is really what it's all about. So I applaud you for, for doing this and I applaud you for everything you're doing. I appreciate it. And I really thank you for, for joining and being on this show with me. I can't thank you enough. I'm, I'm really proud to be here. I'm grateful to you for all that you do and the great stories that you're telling, uh, Brandon, it's wonderful. So um, thank you. It's, it's absolutely been a pleasure to spend some time with you tonight. 
Absolutely. I wish you the best luck in everything. And to everybody out there, if you enjoyed what you listened to, share it. Send it along to somebody who needs a little bit of hope, a little bit of inspiration. We talked about so many great things, but most importantly, thinking about that idea of unlearning and thinking about that idea of how maybe we just don't have all of the answers. And maybe we don't have to have all the answers all the time. Maybe that's okay. I really appreciate you all for joining me and getting this far. And if you haven't signed up for the Something For You newsletter from BrandonBeckEDU.com, why haven't you? Because it's free. And it's free tips and resources on the 1st and 15th every month to your inbox. So what are you waiting for? Get over there and sign up. And plus, I also write about my podcast, too. And you get to see more breakdowns of all these awesome shows. And even more is coming every single day. I keep getting new ideas. So you sign up. I'll share them with you. How's that sound? But I appreciate you for joining me, Michael. I appreciate everything. You are going to continue to have an amazing year. I know that. And I appreciate everybody for making it this far. So to all the listeners out there, do not forget that the journey towards unlocking a limited potential begins with you. I hope that you continue to live your life with passion and purpose. Take care.